Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The criteria for being a guest on Taekwondo Life Magazine's podcast is certainly not that one is a celebrity, but that one is a meaningful martial arts and Taekwondo story that's relevant to our listening audience. It happens that today's guest, Kung Lee, not only fits that criteria, but happens to be a, an international superstar. He's an international superstar in the competitive ring and in the world of theater and television. After having fled the fall of Vietnam as a child, his family, located on the West Coast, faced an issue that was similar to the issues that faced many Asian and non-Asian American families, and that's of bullying and discrimination. Kung Lee's mom, in an attempt to help him to deal with this issue, enrolled him in a Taekwondo school where he began a journey that has lasted for the remainder of his life and has been part and parcel of what has propelled him into superstardom. He is a mixed martial artist in every sense of the word, having a black belt in Taekwondo, a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, a fifth-degree black belt in Wushu. Uh, he has competed in every major type of, of combat tournament, from wrestling and collegiate wrestling to kickboxing, grappling. He's held Taekwondo championship belts. He was the Strike Force middleweight champion. He was UFC's knockout of the night. And I could go, go on and on. During his time as a mixed martial artist, he decided to challenge himself towards a new career path and enter or perhaps further enter the world of film and, and television where he has played a variety of roles in films with Scott Atkins like Savage Dog, John claude Van Damme's Dragon Eyes, Antonio Banderas's Security, and very recently starred as Abbott Number One in a show which we're very fond of, Into the Badlands, and we've had the pleasure of interviewing twice his co-star, Sherman Augustus. Kung Lee is a man with a great spirit, great determination, a symbol of what can be accomplished when an individual sets their mind on being the best that they can be at whatever it is that they pursue and of fully challenging themselves in everything that they do. With that being said, I will turn it over to our interview so you can hear from the man himself, Kung Lee. 
Okay, so good evening. I am joined tonight by Kung Lee, a martial artist, uh, martial arts practitioner, mixed martial arts champion, movie star, among other, other things on his resume and credentials. Thank you so much for joining Taekwondo Life tonight for this conversation. Thank you for having me. It's, it's really my pleasure. So um, there's, there's a lot I want to cover, but it, we have limited time, unfortunately. So I wanted to cover a couple of things that in, in doing my homework on you that were of particular interest. And one of them, of course, is that because my, my reader base is, um, and listener base is largely Taekwondo um, uh, practitioners and, and people in the Taekwondo world, I see that it looks like your, your start in the martial arts. Um, was in the area of Taekwondo. Is that correct? Yes, I actually have a first degree background in Taekwondo. And um, uh, I started uh, when I was 10 in Taekwondo, but since my mom was a single parent at the time and she had three jobs, I wasn't able to pass my uh, my yellow belt going to like orange belt uh, because I, I couldn't remember the, the, like, the katas and my basic self-defense techniques. So I can move on to the next belt because she she was never really consistent with me, and I didn't really go back to Taekwondo. I was I was in Taekwondo for maybe ten months, uh, close to a year, um, but I, I didn't start again uh, in Taekwondo um, till my second year uh, in college. So I was oh, wow. like nineteen years old, and I just started back and uh, doing a little mix of um, the Taekwondo and uh, Vietnamese Kung Fu and. And then uh, finally got my black belt. Uh, you know, I, I sped up through the ranks. I did some tackle tournaments. Uh, by the time I was there, a, a green belt, I was already competing against the black belts. You know, so. Yeah, I, I saw that you have quite a um, a varied uh, record in in martial arts competitions, including um, numbers of of competition championships in, in taekwondo. Um, and I see your, your 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 background, your training background in martial arts is, is true. You know, people use the term mixed martial arts, but um, you know, for many folks, that's that's training in a place where they offer some sort of integrated mixed styles. But for you, you seem to have a much purer form of mixed martial arts in the sense that you actually trained in a in a number of styles um, with, with with great proficiency. Yes, um, um, I, I tell us. No, yeah, tell I, us about that. Yes, I basically started in Taekwondo. Then I got into wrestling when I was in seventh grade, and then I wrestled all the way till my second year in college. And uh, you know, my my mom had a travel travel agency at the time, and I wasn't doing too good because the personnel that she had in there wasn't carrying her weight. So she brought me in, trained me up, and then uh, I was a travel agent for like a year. But at the same time, I found my way back to Taekwondo. And at the same time, in the Taekwondo studio, they had a, a Vietnamese Taekwondo teacher, and he was also, uh, you know, um, did a Baldic Nam, which is a Vietnamese uh, Kung Fu, and I just did a, a mixture of both. And I, I love the contact in um, in Taekwondo, and and then uh, you know I found that you know I need more work with my hands, so I got with some a uh, couple Kempo guys at Box, and from there I, I started work with uh, this guy named Keith Higa, and then. Uh, he was a Kempo um, and also a kickboxer, and I just started going around to wherever I could and spar. I would spar with him and and get pad work and and just 
kept evolving as a martial artist. Along with that's, my that's, wrestling base. That's evident. That's quite a um, it's it's quite a a, a varied uh, base, and I, I think it speaks to your your success both in and out of the ring. Um, in listening to some of the interviews that you've that you've done, I think that one of the um, topics which has come come up uh, as it relates more towards your I think towards your um, movie. Careers, but it also relates probably to how you got involved. Relates to issues of the treatment of Asian Americans, um, both from the standpoint of bullying, ra- racism, as it relates to, to to movie parts, things like that. I know that that's an issue that is um, has personal relevance for you. Um, I wanted to take a different, slightly different angle and ask you from, from some of the folks that I've spoken to, as somebody who became involved in, in the martial arts as an Asian American, did you find that the expectations for you um, and the standards for you um, were somewhat different than perhaps some of the other people that you trained with? In, in, in some of the folks that I've spoken to, they've actually said to me that um, they found that, you know, there's this somewhat unreasonable expectation that because uh, they're Asian American, that that naturally means that they're endowed with more um, abilities or should or should exceed um, their their non-Asian a- Asian Asian students. And it was sort of an angle I had never actually thought of. I was wondering if, from your perspective, did, 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 is there anything that rings true about that experience for you in any of the training that you did? Uh, you know, I, for, like for me, I was such an intense. Um, I had such a intense personality, and uh, you know, I was the first one in the gym, the last to leave. I trained hard. I would try to outwork everyone else. I I got to a point where I, I was training so much that you know, um, my teachers or instructors would like have to kick me out of the gym, and I felt like you know, um, I'll just go somewhere else. So as they were kicking me out of the gym, I was already you know, going to a, like a Muay Thai gym or someone else who, you know, who it was sparred in their garage and I would just spar for hours in, in their garage and, and uh, you know, put some holes in the wall from, you know, going through it. And, uh, you know, and, and just for me, I was just like that. Yeah, you know, I had that addictive personality where, you know, I couldn't get enough of it. So I think wherever I went in, I was so intense and I, I outworked everyone. And I, I didn't get that at the amateur um, as an amateur fighter, I was just like, you know, like people are like, man, this guy, this guy is just uh, such a monster. Uh, you know, who, who's gonna stop him? Wait till he, you know, turns pro. And then when when I did turn pro, it was just uh, like like another level. But then all the Asian community would like get totally behind me and like cheer me on because they saw me as an amateur. And then uh, you know, slowly but surely the you know like the like like the word of you know there's this guy doing scissor kicks and you know knocking people out with spinning back kicks and his boxing is okay but you know and you know so i just try to develop everything that i was weak at and i just went out there and just really uh did very well on the full contact and then you know like the sanda circuit and then you know i i entered the arena of the draco which is same as Sancho, but in the ring, and it's uh, like more like what the Russians brought together. It's sure. almost the same exact thing with with more multiple headshots, you know. So, and then I just, you know, with uh, being a national 
um, All-American, high, like a high school All-American, junior college All-American. I was, I was just like so intense as a wrestler there too. So whenever I grabbed a hold of someone, I wouldn't even wait. I would just try to launch them on their head. And, and you know, right there, it's just um, people were having, the promoters were having a hard time finding matches for me. So, you know, I just, uh, I, I felt blessed that way, but I was always, when, when the big fights came, when MMA came around, I was always the underdog. Like, you know, they're like, oh, this guy's not going to make it. And, like MMA and like a lot of people didn't realize I have a, a very strong wrestling background and you know, the rest I, is history. I don't see how anyone can, can look at your, at your resume and, 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 and have ever doubted you. It's, 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 it's shocking how people's preconceived notions, but let me ask you relating to your transition into um, amateur and professional competition was that something that was part of your plan or was it something that developed as a result of the fact that you did um, find that you enjoyed it so much and find that people um, responded to how well you were doing that it became the natural um, path for you? Or when you went in, you know, at, at a certain point when you were in there, was that your ultimate goal the entire time? Um you know, I just love to compete. I love martial arts, and I just, I just enjoyed it so much, and I wanted to see where I, how, or how far I can go with it, right? So, you know, um, I just, I was really tunnel vision when it came to training and you know being the best that I can be. So I really didn't pay attention to all the outside stuff and and all the talk. I stayed off. You know, you know the the, the social media for, for a while, and um, I, I, nothing really bothered me. Really, that's great. That that shows your your, your focus. Now, I, in in speaking to, I had an interesting conversation with. I don't know if you're familiar with her, um, but I um, I had interviewed Valerie Lareda, who is um, just made her professional debut with uh, Bellator MMA, and she's a fourth down. Um, taekwondo black belt and and she's done a lot of work with now in jiu-jitsu and and with her hands but one of the things that she was really amazed at she was really shocked from going from the competitive taekwondo world to the mma world was what she perceived as being how what little respect she found that the mma world had for taekwondo practitioners in terms of that level of, of, of fighting and competition, I guess, because the, the competition is different. She, she experienced other things as well, being a woman. Um, but, but separate from that, she found that, that they were, you know, she's managed to really impress people now that she, she, she had a, a stunning victory in her first professional fight with Bellator. But she found that overall, that initially when she came into it, that there was just a complete lack of respect for her credentials because of her taekwondo is that something that you felt again i I know you have a different um training background but is it something that you were cognizant of or felt is 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 true across the board in terms of the the mixed martial arts community as it relates to their perspective on taekwondo practitioners um you know i think when i was first coming up I, i i mixed my taekwondo in with my uh, you know, with the kickboxing, and then then when I um, found the the art of San show, I I by then I was already mixing the taekwondo kicks with the muay thai kicks with 
Sure. You know, like you know, with the the you know, with the different kicks that I learned from different systems. But you know, I always give a credit to Taekwondo, and then then when I competed in Sanda, I had to really evolve my style to you know adapt to the the full like the full you know contact with the wrestling. And you know, if it wasn't for Taekwondo, my kick probably wouldn't be nearly as good and powerful and effective as they are, you know, today. So, you know, I, I would, you know, give as much credit as I could, but, you know, like a lot of people can say whatever they want. And like, like for me, I, like, I don't pay attention to that. I'm sure there was right. a lot of talk and I, I didn't really care. I just, I did my talking inside the ring or the cage or the octagon. And, and if I, if I was spending so much time thinking about, Oh my God, you know, they're talking about, you know, you know me and Taekwondo, I just said, I'm just going to go out there and, you know, just, you know, kick through him, you know, shoot through them and punch through them. So, you know, I just went out there and I, I just was too focused to let any talk, you know, get in the way, you know, so. That's great. Um, it seems to be a common theme in your, in, in, in the way that you, that you managed to, to work your way through is, is, is focusing on your goals and, and not letting anyone distract you or anything distract you. And, and that's a, you know, hopefully something that, 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 you know, my, the listeners, especially the younger listeners, can take from in terms of um, their goal setting and, and, and so on and so forth. So you have a, an outstanding career, and you're a, um, a champion in, in strike force, and you are you're, uh, have a tremendous competitive record, um, well-respected fighter, well-rounded fighter, terrific reputation. And then you make a move, kind of a, a bold move to going from sort of your comfort zone of being a champion fighter into a totally different realm, right? Of um, the, the Hollywood realm. How does, how does that come about? And is that something that was something that was complete shock to you or something that to some degree during that entire time was, was an ultimate goal that, that you would um, be able to use your fighting and your training to leverage into, um, you know, Hollywood TV movie type career. Um, for me, the martial arts kind of paved that path to give me the opportunity to be able to work in film. And, you know, like I, I just realized that, you know, when I was up and coming, you know, people wanted to make, uh, you know, short films and they, you know, they, you know, they, they, they train under me and then uh, they would ask me, and I would, you know, do, do my student favor do some, you know, stuff, and I thought it was fun, and, you know, I just wanted to see how how it was, but then the more I um, competed, the, the bigger my name became, the more opportunities that I got um, to uh, be part of films, you know, and then, uh, you know, get more opportunity, and, uh, you know, I, I just felt like if I didn't work on my acting, then, then um, I'm just going to be, you know, stereotype as the guy to fight or the, the main villain or whatever it is. So, um, you know, I, I lost a few opportunities in, you know, like um, Mortal Kombat, the TV show. And, uh, sure. you know, they, they, they wanted me to read for the lead and I had no idea about acting at the time. And I must, I, I took one acting lesson and I had no clue and I bombed it so bad, but just because of my presence and they were like, Hey, would you later on, they called me back and, uh, they asked me to stunt double for the actor that they had. And I was like, sorry, I just signed a deal with the ESPN and uh, Strike Force. So, um, you know, I just, I'm going to pass right. on the stunt work. And then uh, I just uh, 
just went out there and just, you know, uh, competed in the, the, the professional full contact sure. world. And, and then, you know, more opportunities came up and, and I realized I don't want to just be stuck in, uh, you know, as the bad guy or as that fighter or as a fighter. I want to be able to have as much range in acting as I have moves in martial arts. So I took, took up acting and, uh, you know, turned down a bunch of roles and just picked and selected the ones that would help my career or give me a challenge. And then, um, um, and then uh, now I'm, I'm just uh, looking uh, for the right projects or I write my own projects and get it funded and do it, do it myself. So that's great. That, that is a great, um, it, it, it's great to hear. And, and I think that, you know, you, I try to always focus in on what the key elements are. And I think that one of the things that you, that you mentioned that I've heard in other folks interview who have been successful is that looking for that challenge, right? Not necessarily, again, I think similar to what we talked about in your fighting style, not necessarily falling back into your comfort zone, but challenging yourself to do more and to be better and and to not necessarily fall back on the easiest um, of opportunities, but to create your own opportunities, which sounds like what, what, what you're doing. And you've done some, some great stuff. So I, very recently, I know you've done a lot of stuff. Recently, um, I know that our, our audience is familiar with you from uh, the, your experience on Into the Badlands, which we uh, we had the opportunity twice. I interviewed uh, Sherman Augustus um, about his experience. He was a great a great interview, and he he really loved working on that show. I mean, he couldn't have been more excited about it from both the standpoint of you know the show and 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 the the, the plot, but from the standpoint of um, the technical aspects of the, of the fights and how meticulous the fights um, were. Did you have a, a, do you have a similar fondness for now that the show's show's done? And I, I know you were, you were done with the show before it was, it was finished, but did you have a similar positive experience working on that um, really unusual um, show? Oh um, yeah. I mean, I, I had a blast working on the show. Uh, one, because, you know, me and Daniel Wu, we're, we're, we're good friends. And, uh, you know, on set, you just got to watch out for his pranks. And, um, you know, <laughs> we, we, we have such a good time on set. And, uh, you know, and you know, I feel like every time I step on set, I'm so focused. Again, it's like wh- whether it's the martial arts arena for competition or a movie set, I'm so focused. It's like I, I, I start getting a reputation the first time I work with Master Wu Ping on True Legend. And you know they, you know they definitely pushed uh, the limit. They they tested me, you know, because I was a competitor. And I I, I got on set with Master Wu Ping. They they I took like four four and a half hours to get into costume, the makeup, the beard, and then this uniform that was like really bulky. And then um, then I, I went out after four and a half hours. Master Wu Ping looked at me and says, ah. Then 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 he got a sword and he got his right hand man. And they went over a couple sets, and he threw me the story. He, he goes, you try. And I tried it a couple times. He got very good, and he, he went on to the next sequence. And I got the next sequence, and he says, do it from be- beginning to this part, which was like like a minute set. And I, I you know, I did a few times, and then I, I started getting the flow with it. And then uh, he's all, okay, very good, very good. I'm like, oh, okay, uh, very good. I'll see you tomorrow. I was tired. I, like, I flew in literally that day, got into makeup, and then he, and he's all, no, no, we shoot. I'm like, okay, we shoot, let's go. And so, you know, six hours later, uh, I got, uh, you know, like the first 
quarter of the fight um, in in two legends going, and then by the time I was done, you know, the next time I worked with him again on um, on uh, Grandmasters, uh, they flew me in. I'm like, hey, are we gonna rehearse or you know, because I done a, a movie before they rehearsed. They're like, you know, you don't need rehearsal. You you just you do it. I'm like, okay, uh, well, I prefer rehearsal. He's like, no, no, no worries, no rehearsal, just go. Um, so I did the same thing and then got onto uh, into the Badlands and uh, I, I flew in. I'm like, hey, so when's rehearsal and all this? And then because uh, um, um, uh, the 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 uh, second unit director and then the fight coordinator on there um, were all like, you know, uh, you know, uh, well, part of Wu Ping's a crew and uh um you know um it was it was just great i i went on same thing happened you don't need rehearsal here here's a here's here's the set and i'm like wow okay that looks tough okay do it until you're ready i'm like okay so i did it and <laughs> you know same thing on with like the, like the man's iron fist i'm like hey should we rehearse this stuff you know no we show you uh we we have that your stunt double uh show you and i did it and then and, he was having a tough time on that spinning thing when I came and I punched the, the line first. I jumped up to sure. the kick the guy and then grabbed the guy's head and I, you know it was it was a lucky one. But they they had the stunt guy do it like six or seven times and he got it like once and then he was trying to like like I was like oh can I see that again can I see that again and then after a while he was like start, he started messing up and I'm like you know what let's just do it and they're like huh are you ready I'm like let's just shoot it and I just got I pulled like luck out of the like the uh, like like the bag of tricks or something and one take and they're like oh we have three cameras going we're moving on i'm like all oh, right that's amazing <laughs> then you know then then, I, then after that it was just you know i whenever i get rehearsal you know with a little bit of rehearsal i get it's uh it's, it's been good you know so that's great that, 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 that's that's great and you really have um managed to be a strong presence in in any of the things that you have um, that you have been in, uh, whether the parts are you know bigger or smaller, I think your your presence is strongly felt. So in terms of where you're looking now, you talked about funding some projects. I'm looking for some projects. Where are what are you what are what are you working on, or what are your what are your goals now in terms of projects? Are you looking to do things that are uh, still in the action um, genre, or that that move you beyond that to doing more dramatic or comedic or or um type type roles or or is it is it something that you you feel strongly about um pers- continuing to pursue um uh, probably an area that's 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 more um suited to your non-acting skill set which is the, you know the action genre no you you know um I'm I'm not even close to where I need to be, you know. So um, I think when people are going to watch a film uh, and it's like a starring Kung Lee or a co-starring Kung Lee or a film by Kung Lee, it's gonna they're they're going to expect action. If I if I do a film and and it's all like you know comedy or some rom com, no, I'm sure they're yeah, going to yeah. watch it, right? So they're going to expect me to drop guys on their head and do some stuff very you know, dynamic stuff, dynamic moves that are different than what everyone else is doing. Like, you know, I felt like for Dragon Eyes, right? I got on set um, and I flew out like two weeks before, you know, um, actually three and a half weeks before the movie started filming. And I was like, hey, you know, so who's the stunt coordinator? And um, they're like, oh, we have um, 
Larnell, who's going to be coming in, I'm all cool, who's the fight coordinator. They're like, you are. I'm like, oh, great, because I mentioned to my, my agent, I said, hey, I want to choreograph the fights because, you know, it seems like every set I've been on, you know, everyone's asking my opinion. What do you think, Kung? What do you think, Kung? From, from fighting to Pandorum, you know, everything was like, what do you think, Kung? And, you know, I, I felt like I played a, a like a, like a, like a, a why well, helped with the fight scene in fighting sure. as you see uh, the fight scene between me and Chang Tatum was uh, you know a lot of people commented that that was the best fight scene in the movie then you know in Pandorum you know I was like hey you know us three 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 of us me Ben Foster and um, uh, Antia we had a hard time with with the um, with the creature or the humanoid that was like second in command how the hell am I gonna beat the leader um, by myself right so I said it's got to be even like even playing field, I got to get lucky. I stab him or something and then hurt him. And then, then now it's, you know, where, where I shouldn't just kill him like without any problems. And you know, I think they, 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 they said, yeah, he has a big point. So I got thrown around, I got beat up. Then I stabbed him and I did spin back kick, but still he came back and knocked me over and then came at me and grabbed me by the throat and, you know, it started eating my stomach, you know, so um, <laughs> I was able to pull the horn off and stab it in the neck. And, and then, you know, so I, I felt like I was helpful to the fight action and the realness of what, you know, how the character would be against something of higher level than he is, you know. So um, I just took that into with Dragon Eyes. And even though we didn't have that much time to rehearse all the fight scenes, we, 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 you know, like at the Ashen Film Fest, our fight scenes beat out um, Steven Soderbergh's um, and then uh, uh, J.J. Perry, who choreographed that fight scene between Gina Carano and Michael Fassbender. You know, they came in third. I had two fight scenes that came in first and second, you know. So I felt like, you know, if I have my own projects, if I had the right crew, then maybe I can do something special. Now I realize I, I can't just, have the right crew and do something special because everything's been done out there from John Wick to Scott Atkins throwing every single kick there sure. is in, in martial arts, right? You, how are you going to compete against him? But how I can compete against these guys is I'm, I'm physical. I can do cool ass moves that are very powerful and what people want to see. I can pick guys up that is 30, 40, 50 pounds more than my weight and I can do it 30, 40 times, no problem, because that's what I do in practice anyways. And I can souffle them or whatever it is. I'm that, and, I, and then I told myself, how am I going to be, you know, above these guys? So for the last four years, I've been training with, you know, some of the best shooters out there from Terran Tactical, who trains Ken Reeves to, you know, um, uh, to a lot of competitive shooters. And uh, Terran's been so, you know, you know, gracious to introduce me to tactical shooters. And then I got a few guys that are still operators that, you know, I, I show them some moves. They show me some tactics and then tell me some of their stories and how gunfights go down for them. And it's not like what you see in the movies. And I'm like, wow, this will be great for a movie. And so I'm, I told them I'm going to steal that from them. And, and so, um, or use it, you know, in, in one of my films, they're like, go ahead, you know, and then, uh, so I feel like now these are opportunities and I'm not going to be able to compete against a, a John Wick budget or, you know, sure. um, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to be very creative and manage the, the fight action and the story and the character in the right way where it could be like that, um, lightning in a bottle, like, 
look at Get Out, right? A $4.7 million budget that grossed over $200 million, right? So I feel sure. like if you catch the right story, develop the right character, and dominate the screen with the, uh, with some real gunplay um, that is realistic and, you know, the surroundings happens the way it is, you know, in, in a real gunfight. And in a, when, when you fight, you feel pain. And when you get out of it, you know, and you're on to the next guy, you're fatigued and then how your energy level goes down for the next, for every fight to make it as realistic as possible. I think people will dig it with the right storyline. So I, I don't want to give away my storyline, but I guarantee you what I'm writing right now is like, a, like I'm going to carry the movie along with my stunt team, right? Or the stunt team that I bring in. And then I'm, I'm going to bring on some really good actors to carry the acting, to tell the story. And it, you know, I'm going to be able to do it for, you know, a tenth of the budget of what, you know, um, what John Wick is. And I think people will be like, holy shit, creative. So, I, look, I look forward to it, and I look forward to uh, being able to talk to you more at that, at that time and being able to um, promote, help you to promote that. Is that going to be the next project that people can um, expect to see you in, or is there other stuff that's been shot or will be shot in the meantime? Um, no, other you know, television um, projects that you have that are that are looking to, that are going to be released. Um, for the last like six months, I had to focus on my son. Um, my sons, um, they all were going through some. We were all going through a tough family, you know, um, family issues, and you know, I, I wanted to be there for them and make sure he got through his his um, eighth grade year, and my other son get through his you know, um, third grade, um, uh, school year. And now that uh, my, my third grader is almost through it. And my other son, um, uh, who's Anthony, if you, you follow me on Instagram, you'll see him all over my Instagram. And, you know, and, you know, I, I, I feel like I, I did my job because I, I just said, okay, nothing else. I'm going to be, um, uh, unselfish to, to, uh, you know, to, to my kids and give them everything that I could just to get them through this tough time, and you know, during our family. And then, you know, it, it was tough, and but we got through it. And, uh, you know, now his confidence is through the roof. My, my, uh, my youngest son is, um, you know, he's, uh, he, he's, he's, he's getting the, the wrestling rhythm down. And then my, my middle son is, you know, he's, he's a champion wrestler, you know, uh, so far the matches that he's, lost in the last four months is against high school kids and he's only in eighth grade, you know, and he's already beaten a few high school kids. So, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I'm just going to keep at it, keep them on, on that path, keep, whether I'm doing films or not, uh, have them with me or, or not, and just hire coaches, spend that money for my kids. If I'm not around, make sure that they don't miss anything except the daddy love. Right. And then, um, and then to do my best, um, and, that, and put that's, all, you know, that's fine. Yeah, all of, yeah. So it's just phenomenal. It's inspiring. I'm a father of four, four boys. So I, I certainly have great respect for that. And, and the one thing that I've learned in, in my aging is that you can make up for a lot of things, but you, you can't make up for the time and the love that you give, that you give to your children. That's not something you can, you know, you can, there's always going to be another project or something else that you can work on or you can catch up on or, you'll train, you know, but, but when it comes to the kids, that's, that is the most important thing. So that's really very heartwarming to hear you 
um, your yeah. devotion to your, and I know your reputation is that of a family man. So that's, that's really heartwarming to me. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I, so in, in, um, trying to uh, assist my audience in being able to connect with you better and find out more about you, um, in the follow-up to this, what would be, um, I always like to give people the opportunity to provide if you have a, your either your website or the Instagram or what's the best place to follow your happenings and and what what what, what we can look forward to is it the Instagram or is it your official website what would be the, the and we'll we'll link those at the end with the, with the show notes but what would be the best uh, the one that you would say that is uh, the best places for people to follow you I think the best place to follow me is my Facebook um, it, it has that blue check mark. So you know it's me. Then the Instagram, same thing, blue check mark. The Twitter, um, you know, everything that I post from Instagram goes to uh, Facebook, uh, and then um, and goes to Twitter. But you know, I do I do both um, a lot of Facebook live and then a lot of uh, Instagram uh, story live feeds. Um, you know, uh, whether it's a technique or um, me sparring with uh, my sparring partners or just a like tip of the day or or ask me a question. So. Um, I, I do that at least uh, asking a question at least once a week and I get very good engagement on, on Facebook and, you know, um, that's how the audience and, uh, you know, the martial artists out there can stay, stay in touch and, you know, know what I'm doing and maybe uh, pick up some, uh, you know, good, um, good techniques or some good habits. Uh, absolutely. And I can vouch for that. I, I was watching some of your, um, your, your bag drills. Um, with some of your kicking techniques for some of the bag drills, and, and I thought they were very creative, and I thought that they were extremely helpful, particularly for um, students that have um, a good foundation and are looking to do something that's a little bit more interesting in terms of their their training. Uh, I had watched one in particular where you had a number of different style bags, and you you were doing some front and rear like roundhouse kicks, and then some side kicks, and some back kicks, and and I thought they were really, really creative uh, techniques. So I encourage. And what we'll do is we'll 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 link those um, social media um, sites, and we'll link your, uh, your 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 website, and we'll throw one of the one of your training videos on uh, on when we when we post the video. So, um, Kung Lee, I, I I appreciate you taking time to speak to me. I know you're a, a busy person with your family and your, your professional life. It's an honor. I followed your career for a, a long time. Um, you're a true martial artist, a mixed martial artist, and uh, you have a champion spirit. And I think that you're you're an inspiration to young people in terms of showing them that if you put your mind to something, um, the the bounds of what you can achieve, which is one of the things I love about the martial arts. I think when people put their mind to something, the martial arts helps to teach them that there's nothing that you can't achieve in or out of the, the dojang. So I want to thank you so much for talking to us today. Um, and, and I look forward, like I said, when, as you have other projects that come up, we, we, we hope you'll keep us in mind and we'll be more than happy to write about them and to, um, to, to you know, post information and to promote them. Yeah, and, and you know, um, I, I, I had a post a few, a few weeks ago and you know, because a lot of people are asking me, hey, Kung, a lot of people do ask me this question still, what's the best style of martial arts? And I, and I always tell them, it's not the style of martial arts, it's the person behind the style. So, you know, I posted this fight clip that I, I, I had and, and I said the same thing. And l- look at the Taekwondo kicks, look at the variation stuff that I do. Again, it's not the style, 
but the person behind the I, sound. So. I, I I love it, and and you know I just uh, interviewed. I just did a program on the um, the first anniversary of the passing of Grandmaster June Rhee, who was the the the, the father of American Taekwondo so, uh, was his title. But one of the things that he really understood was exactly the same. That's why he had friends. He's friends with Bruce Lee. He was friends with. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was friends with people in kung fu in in in, in all different styles because exactly it, it doesn't matter. You know, you, what what matters is what your many times the styles that we get involved with are a product of opportunity, right? Where where did I grow up? What was the, what was the local style? But but it's more about what you bring to it and what you take from it. Um, and and there's something there for for everybody. So I I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's that's a very profound um, way for us to to to, to end. And um, again, I want to thank you for for talking to us today, and we look forward to following um, everything that you're up to. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and uh, you know, thank you to all the Taekwondo uh, fans that are listening, and you know, uh, thanks for the interview. I look forward to talking to you soon, sir. Okay, talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.